Welcome to the first episode of the Feminine Mistake Podcast, a look back at women in film. Um, each month we will be sitting down and looking at a film from the past, and we're going to look at uh, some of the ways that women have been portrayed in film and television. Uh, I'm uh, one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm Hillary. And I'm Sarah. So, uh, and tonight our movie is, uh, our first movie, the very first movie is going to be Baby Boom from 1987, uh, starring Diane Keaton and Sam Shepard, who I completely forgot was in this movie. I did too, until I saw his name in the credits and I was like, oh my, (laughs) that is Sam (laughs) Shepard. So let's talk a little bit about, um, did you guys have any awareness of this movie before you, before watching it for the podcast or? I hadn't heard of this um, film before in, in my life, so apparently it was a big hit, according to to my mom. Oh, in the eighties, yeah, yep. I think I think so. I knew nothing about this movie except that you told me there was a movie that existed called Baby Boom with <laughs> Diane Keaton, and that was what I knew about it. So yeah, I saw this in the eighties and was really young. I think well, in eighty seven, I would have been like seven or eight years old. I remember my mom loved it she thought it was so funny the reason that i think almost i, th- I would say the almost the entire reason that i sort of came up with this podcast I, I i have to credit this movie because when i have um for those of you who don't know me i have three children uh my oldest is five uh my second is three and my youngest is six months old i was pregnant with my first child when i saw this movie and um sort of mulling over like what my life would be like after i had the baby and how that was going to affect my job and like how much time i was going to have to spend away from the baby and uh so this movie came at a very like uh sensitive time for me and uh that sounds like it yeah seeing it as an adult was i was like whoa there is some crazy stuff in here about women and work and motherhood and stuff I just didn't see when I was a kid and so uh, I really thought it would be fun to kind of talk about that stuff. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, lots. lots. Alright, well, um, let's get to it then. So we'll move on to our next segment, which will be to talk about the film Baby Boom. You seem so distant. Let's just do it. You look stupid and rich. The house is a mess, Jack. Kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. All right, so now we're going to dig in to this movie, and uh, I think uh, we're just going to start at the top here. So um, you guys want to, somebody want to dive in here with what, what, we've, what we've got going on here at the beginning of Baby Boom? There are a whole bunch of women in Manhattan dressed in business attire, hustling and bustling about... Um, and I remember them saying the words pink ghetto, as in they had climbed their way out of the pink ghetto into the corporate world, um, in the intro there. I missed that. Yeah. The pink ghetto. I was like, wow. Um, Sarah, what did you think about this opening? I wrote a lot about it. Like, I don't know if it was because I had just started the movie and I was like really into taking notes, but I felt like there was just so much to unpack in this first, like minute yeah. and a half or two minutes or however long this intro Well, I was. noticed how they talked about f- feminism in, in positive terms, and it, it seemed like they had a very good, you know, attitude ab- ab- about it, and yet it kind of made me sad because it's tw- 29 years later and we're still dealing with, you know, the issues of can women work and have a, f- a family at the same time, and it just felt like so long ago, and yet we're still having these same issues. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, really, for the entire movie. Yeah. And a lot of, 
some of the things that are just kind of outrageous and we'll get to them that happen in this movie are like that yeah. could really happen that could happen today and it would not seem out of place at all yeah it's actually kind of upsetting but um yeah no I felt like the opening I do really like the opening a lot I like all the women like rushing off to work and it's mostly women you see which is not common in a movie and I was aware of that and watching it I was like seeing all these female faces it was very unusual oh for sure but also, I feel like they were in a lot of colors, too. And I also don't see that in a New York setting. I didn't see like, people in like gray and black suits. And like they're all men. So it didn't seem very accurate. So, for you. so the pink, the pink, the like, pink kind of, you know, power off. suits were not, yeah. not working out for you. Dipped me off a bit to the womanhood. I was really drawn to the sneakers as well. Like yes. the women wearing the sneakers. Like I don't, again, I'm, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know us, uh, I'm in my, I'm in my mid 30s. And these guys are in their mid-20s, so I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. I don't know how much... When I was a kid, like, women wearing sneakers in New York was, like, the prototypical, like, w- working woman. How the yeah. women would, like, take off their high heels and throw on the sneakers and, you know, walk to their quickly to their corporate job or whatever mm-hmm. it was they were doing. That was, like, the image and the big shoulder pads and the power suit. I don't know. Uh, that image of all the sneakers walking you know, to work that they should really just stuck shows out how to me. Uh, useless, uh, not useless, but uh, unnecessary, uh, unnecessary, like high heels are mm-hmm. like that. They're just, uh, they get in the way. So the other thing that happens here in the beginning is that um, where we get introduced to Diane Keaton's character, JC and her behavior from the very beginning is very telling. I think they're trying to tell us something about her. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's something yeah. they're yeah. trying to tell us about working women in general, but what yeah. did you guys think about how she's introduced? Well, two things stuck out to me. The fact that she referred her to herself or people referred to her as the, the tiger lady, For which sure. back then I guess would have been a, a compliment, but I kind of saw it as like a masculine term and like you, you're only strong if you can be like, you know, Animal. ferocious. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then uh, another thing that stuck out to me was um, they said she was married to her job. Yeah, which like yeah. it's it's like something that I thought like it's viewed that I guess women like the important thing is to 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 be married and if you can't be married to a man you you should be married to something. Oh, so, that's a good observation. Because you, you don't yeah. hear about men being married to their jobs. That is true. I've, yeah. Is, I'm, you're right. I don't, you don't hear that a lot. I, I don't think this part is like still like right in her intro, but like something that did stand out to me was that when she was like at the very first dinner meeting she has or whatever, they serve a, a pasta dish and a salad and she's getting the pasta and the dude she's with is getting the salad and I was mm. like oh that was a nice little twist oh, like oh nice observation you never I see a lady without a salad yeah you're right I did not notice that actually and I feel kind of silly that's one of my big pet peeves in movies is when mm-hmm. a lady always is eating a salad because I'm like no, bitch, she would be eating that burger. <laughs> like, come on. She'd be eating a steak. I should have like, paid attention. I know. That's a good so observation. So many things. Somebody takes me out. I'm like ordering a steak. Like, I'm not paying for like, that meal. I'd like a lobster with a side of lobster. <laughs> yes. <please. laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the first really cringeworthy scene, which I think it's intended to be that lunch with um, mm-hmm. JC and Fritz where yep. he talks about the partnership. So let's get into that. Yeah. Some lines that stuck out to me were, normally, I don't th- think of you as a, a, a woman. Yep, that one is uh, on my list. Yeah, you're just kind of like, what? 
A man yeah. can have a job and a full per personal life, meaning a woman can't, and I can have it all, meaning a, a, a woman can't. And then JC says, I don't want it all. Yeah, the Liz Lemon idea of having it all. His, of course, opinion being that, like, men can because they have a woman to take care of the family life, I think is what he's mm-hmm. not yeah. so subtly implying there. But yeah. I think he was supposed to be, like, the the bad guy. I couldn't tell at first, but then yeah. thinking more about it, it's like, I think he was supposed to be seen as a sexist. Yeah, I definitely think that we're meant to kind of see him... I guess he's the closest thing to a villain in this movie, yeah. if there's gonna the antagonist, yeah. I guess you could call him. But the guy is kind of weirdly likable. I think that actor is, so it makes him yeah. like he try he doesn't play him as being one dimensional, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, certainly the things coming out of his mouth are really surprising, but not entirely wrong. I hate to say. I think a lot yeah. of people do feel that way. And I don't think what he's saying is like so wrong that it's like unbelievable. I th- another thing that stuck out to me is when he's talking about his wife and she's, he says, my wife is always there for me. And th- then he ends that whole speech by saying, I, I don't know what she does all day. Basically, he says, mm. she does, she does. I don't know what she does. Like he's very dismissive about it. Like it's important, but I don't know. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what she's doing all day. She's doing something while I be a man out there you know? yeah i think like what preceded that was he asked her like what if steven wants a wife mm, yeah. and like that idea of like you can't be a wife and work at the same time you've got to if you're a wife you're at home and you're raising kids and taking care of the house and like it was that idea of a wife and not right. just like a well-rounded woman who was also married oh yeah right like you have to choose like yeah. you can yeah. have one or the other but but, um, but a man can have both because everyone knows that a man his most important place is at work and he doesn't need to take care of the house or, or apparently even need to know what's going on at home yeah. at all yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i think later i mean i don't want to get jump ahead but i believe there at some point later he says like i have grandkids i don't even know I, what yeah, their names are many. yeah yeah god, I'm just like, oh god yeah so much and she doesn't fight him about that at all she doesn't say this isn't appropriate yeah <laughs> she doesn't yeah. say this isn't none of your business she doesn't even seem to flinch she immediately says i don't want those things yeah don't worry about it all i care about is this job um, I think people still quietly hold those beliefs. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people d- not 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 even quietly hold those beliefs. Exactly. Heard. Yeah, definitely. So the next kind of thing that happens is we get introduced to Harold Ramis's character. I don't remember his name. Steve. Do you guys? Steve. Steve. So we Steve. get introduced to Steve and uh, her home life. It's true love, guys. Um, <laughs> they have a four minute. S- sexual encounter that was amazing yeah and they both get fully clothed afterwards they go in in fully clothed and then they come out fully clothed it's like what just happened in four minutes okay so let me can we just take a minute to appreciate harold ramus who is one of my favorite actors that have ever existed his character is so unlikable in this movie and unlikable but he's still likable somehow yeah like even though his character should be a complete piece of garbage like he is still likable uh i love (laughs) i love the way he says that was incredible after they're like (laughs) he's just like where he just says it like he's thanking somebody for like i don't know like a great scone (laughs) like he's just like that scone was incredible (laughs) thank you for that delicious scone it went well with my coffee I love how she was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, she's like, all right, I'll put down my newspaper for a minute, I guess, but like, make it quick. 
It's like a five-minute transaction they have. She's like, oh, oh, you want to have sex now? Well, okay. I've got Mm -hmm. four minutes. Hurry it up. Um, So then after that, she gets this call in the middle of the night telling her she's inherited something that she can't hear because conveniently, you know, the connection is bad. But she's got to be at the airport the next day. The very next day. Can we stop and talk for a minute about how adoption is portrayed in this movie? Oh, my God. And how (laughs) unbelievably ridiculous the premise that somebody would just walk off a plane with a baby. And hand you a baby. With just a diaper bag. Right? Nothing else. Just a diaper bag. And you just sign here like you're getting, receiving a mattress or something. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like a mattress And like you, you have to take the baby even if you don't want the baby. That would not be allowed there's no background check there's no investigation into whether this person is a competent parent it's just i'm going to see my relatives please take this hamster off my hands for the weekend slash human child yeah really silly and i feel like if you hand a a child to someone and they're like holding it like a football (laughs) like under their side like that poor child got manhandled the whole time thrown around so then I started thinking about, like, I mean, I have kids, so if somebody handed me a baby, I would have been like, oh, well, what's one more? But um, <laughs> I was kind of thinking about, yeah. like, what would ha- what would Hillary and Sarah, how would it, what would they, how would it, would it be like for them if they oh went to an airport and someone handed them a baby? Oh, my God. I would be like, oh, and then I would try to find a way to put it up for adoption because so I don't that, want kids. There's a movie I want to see. I Sarah, like, if, if it was a sloth, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, you guys should know I, like, I'm obsessed with sloths and and hedgehogs so it was a sloth yeah, be like sloth. i'm taking this home i feel like if it was a sloth i would take it home too but if it was a baby i'd probably just stand in the airport and cry and like call my mom and be like mom i don't know what mom, to do you've got this baby. oh my I've mom got would a new totally sister take, or brother take it <laughs> my mom would totally take the, ba- the baby she's often said that if a, a baby just showed up on her, her doorstep she would take take that so child. I don't think I'd decide to like move to the country and abandon all everything, <laughs> <laughs> like raise a child. Yeah. I think I'd drop it off at your house, maybe Nicole. Yeah, I would, like, well, drive I it mean, over we here. probably wouldn't notice. I'd probably stick it in the back of an Uber here. cab and just tell it, like, all right, head to Nicole's. <laughs> <laughs> that baby is so fucking cute. Very cute. So I couldn't cute. even stand it. And it's actually oh twins because they right. had to. Yeah. yeah. She didn't just, age throughout the whole movie. I know. But so no cute. Which aging. confused me about the laws creepy. of time and space yes. in this movie. But I guess we can get to that when we get to the montages. But yeah. Um, <laughs> the montages that are supposed to symbolize the passage of time. And yet the baby never ages. Okay. So then we enter the restaurant where everyone hates babies. Mm-hmm. Well, but then again, when I was a hostess at a fine dining restaurant, if somebody came in and just handed me their baby and was like, watch this for an hour, I have a meeting, I would be furious. That's a good point. I would be mad. That's a good point. Because I would have been like in heels carrying a baby all of a sudden and like caring for it. I would not have been happy. I want to see this movie remade with Hillary as the... As every woman character who's just like, nope. (laughs) No, I mean like I want to see you as the career lady. He gets handed the baby. Yeah, JC just oh, like God. throws her to the coat check person. Oh, like, that was so upsetting. Her. She's like coat checking the baby. I'm like, this is this is very as a mother, very yeah. upsetting for me. So she goes to the restaurant where everyone hates babies, and she coat checks the baby. Um, and doesn't even get a tag for it or a seat. Right? Just, like, how leaves. does she know? What if she <laughs> leaves away. with someone else's baby? Right? I mean, I wonder how many they have back there on hangers. Get the check. <laughs> ticket. That was not an abortion joke. <laughs> so my my first thought here is she should just she should not have this baby. 
Like no. there's just no nothing about her that is qualified to be taking care of this child at this point. Mm. Also, I know it was it's an important meeting, right? It's with the food chain people and yeah, it's a big yeah. deal, but maybe cancel like yeah. Like you have diarrhea or something and you can't. I mean, people yeah. get sick. Like don't reveal this like infant child that you were just handed 30 minutes before just I anything. Would... My cab got delayed and drop it off at a daycare. Do daycares not exist in this world? Exactly. The whole time like, I'm like, why are you bringing your baby everywhere? She doesn't know anyone that can watch this child for an hour. Right? Like, there are places, go to, drop, drop the kid. There's daycares in the gym for God's sakes. Right? Go in your workout gear, leave the child, leave before anyone notices. I mean, you're co-checking the baby already. Right? Well, so you're not that film, concerned well about her safety. just leave it at the gym. In, in this film, the child is a prop. Like, if she's there when she needs to be there, she's not there when she doesn't need, need to be, sure. be there. That's an excellent point. So she brings this baby to this restaurant for God knows what reason. Um, doesn't leave it with someone. Doesn't cancel the meeting. So I think we could bring this up. It happens a lot. I mean, yes, she's noticeably distracted, I think, because of well, what happened. But she sits down and says, how long are you in diapers for? Sorry, mm-hmm. in town. And I was like, Freudian she's slip. been a mother for an hour and already her brain is gone. Like, wow. Like, yeah, it's how is she not even competent to say hello to a human? I feel like their heart is in the right place because certainly it's it's funny when someone's distracted. I get that. That's comedic. My brain capacity is certainly diminished. I'm often multitasking and lacking in sleep and all of that. But she goes from a competent, driven, well spoken person to someone who barely can function. Yeah, in, like in an front hour. of other humans. Yeah, yeah. Like throughout the movie, like they're constant, constant examples of her just suddenly becoming an idiot yeah. because yeah. someone handed her a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I find that I get it's comedy and you gotta take it far or whatever, but it is yeah. a little personally yeah. insulting. Yeah, I feel like. definitely. And the look he gives her when they hand her the baby at the very end of that scene is just like so upsetting to me. Yeah, like his just utter hatred of. A person holding a baby it's yeah. just yeah blah. like she can't even make it through a meeting and i'm just like this is why people think women can't be president it's just like yeah. oh god because so they get their periods and will like nuke someone and i'm like no like, that's right. not how it is that's just diane keaton in a movie yeah we can yeah. still think we're still functional still capable even even when we've got a baby albeit sleepy yeah from here we get back to the apartment Mm-hmm. And Harold Ramis. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like that the first thing he says is, what is this? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> Not like, who is this? Man don't know what baby is. Oh, right? Like, Again, the men also portrayed as being... Not a single man holds a baby. In the, I mean, no. well, we'll get there later. Somebody does. But yeah. the men will not touch this baby. Mm-hmm. No, they will not. And like, I don't know. That just, I was like, really, man? It's a baby. It's just a baby in your living room. Like, you should be more shocked <laughs> that there's like a missing child in your living room. Like maybe it wandered in from yeah. a neighbor. So, yeah. Like maybe this is the shining. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those evil children. Yeah. Maybe so it's maybe children it... of the corn. Exactly. You should be more concerned about that. I also really liked that they were they like strapped her to a high chair like on it wasn't a high chair it was like a chair that they put phone books on and then strapped (laughs) her to it with a belt and I was like there was there were no other options here besides strap her to the chair with right like you don't can't feed her in your lap or and then she sprayed her like dress with surface clean clean cleaner with like windex yeah Yeah. to like clean it no I just like the next note I wrote was uh 
it was about um, the way that JC struggles with figuring out how to change diapers the and how diaper to scene. how to do that. You think she she hadn't gone, gone to college or like you know these things are are super easy to do and yet like you know these are the kind of things that men pretend they can't do or say they don't know how to do so they can get get out of doing them. They're not that hard and it's kind of insulting to see JC being portrayed as you know a brilliant lawyer who can't change change a diaper. Is she Laura? I think she's an she advertising. She's an advertising? Yeah. I think okay. she's an advertising. But, but, but yes, she's, yeah, she's yeah. so brilliant. She went to Harvard. Yeah. And the diaper thing is just cannot figure it out. Yeah. Like, I get that it's funny and all of that. And, and they tape it on her with electrical tape. Which yeah. was funny. That was funny. Yeah. I mean, but I, again, it's like, it's not that hard to figure yeah. out a diaper. Yeah. It could have like, been funny, like, 10 tries sooner. Right. There were, like, 10 tries too many. Right. It was at this point I began to wonder if this was more, if this was in a way like more of a commentary on yuppies. Yeah. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah. And how they can, they're only good at certain things or maybe they're just so self-centered that they don't even care about. I don't know. I started yeah, to wonder that it. if maybe yeah. it was yeah, about they definitely. yuppies. I, I can see than... that for sure, especially with like how the story goes and like. Also, I would like to point out. That that is the most well-behaved goddamn toddler I have ever yeah. seen. Uh, yeah, the kid totally. just sits in bed watching TV, and they they let her sleep in their bed, like, which is kind no of a cr- intimate thing. Well, yeah. I guess where else yeah. are they going to put her? But at this point, you're not. She's big enough. They treat her like a baby, but she's yeah. really too big. Yeah, for you to be concerned with yeah. her falling out of bed. I don't know. His like trying to reason with Elizabeth, the little baby, yeah. like was hilarious though. Yeah. Like with him just like trying to talk her into certain things. At one point, JC tells Elizabeth to sit like like, like she's a dog. She just goes sit. Although I will say sometimes people who don't have kids, like they definitely like sometimes you'll see somebody like roll in when you've got when you're at the grocery store and your kids are acting like monsters, like some grown up person will walk by and try to reason with them. And you're oh like, oh, my goodness. You're like, good luck. Seriously. To you. Yeah. Good luck to you, <laughs> sir. Mm-hmm. It was at this moment that I began to wonder because we know what's happening. Right. So they get the yeah. next they're So they, this is where we're transitioning into the it's not really a montage. But it's like the JC falling in love with yeah. the baby sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. like by sticking a thermometer up her butt. Well, oh there's that, but then there's also like before that where she's just kind of watching the child yeah. uh, play while she's got, you know, doing her work or whatever. And I'm starting to, th- and my thought to myself was like, is it charming or insulting that she falls in love with this baby mm. as quickly as she does? As if, like, all, all women, if you leave them with a kid for, you know, even a short amount of time, they're going to fall in lo- love with the kid because women love kids in- innately. All women want kids. Right. Like, they can't yeah. help it. Yes. Like, you yeah. give yes. them a baby for 24 hours, and that uterus is just going to start sending all the signals. Yeah. See, yeah. I like babies. I love your kids, Nicole. Yeah, but me too. Um, I wouldn't want to take them home for an extended period of time. Well, I, I, I can't imagine but, why. So, like, I don't know if it's insulting so much as, like, graduation goggles, kind of. Like, you're really excited in the moment. Well, I'm trying to decide. And obviously, there is no movie unless she falls in love with this baby. So, yeah. we, we get that. Like, that is, from a writing standpoint, if she doesn't fall in love with the baby, then it's a real short fucking movie about yes. a lady who will probably say has no heart. Right? Yeah. Yes. But... Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I'm trying to decide, like, are they saying that this is something she always secretly wanted and this just awakens something in her? Is that what we're meant to believe? Or is it a get, like you said, is it like a woman with no instincts or desire to have children at all 
if you give her a baby for 24 hours, she's just going to, she's going to become a mom. Like, yeah. is that what that, they're implying? I'm not I, sure. I don't know, but that's how so. it felt to me. I think it's the latter. Like that, like she, yeah, she's been around for 24 hours and she's a woman and it's impossible not to. <laughs> and that baby like, is fucking cute. Yeah. I mean, we have said that. Cause so. I mean, she doesn't like automatically become maternal in the moment. You know, she doesn't like automatically know how to do a diaper and like swaddle her and like quit her job and get her enrolled in preschool. She's not like all of a sudden like I'm a mom now. Yeah, I can't. Totally. I can't no, I get it, it. Yeah. So then the kid gets sick, mm-hmm. which and solidifies their own. Right. Yeah. Right. Gets all kinds of drugs and which I wish I could get stuff. that shit delivered when my kids get sick. I don't You're know right if you right. can get medicine delivered, especially on Zifty. Valium? Valium, yeah. Doesn't she get Valium or Vicodin or something? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Valium. I'm not sure if that qualifies. That's probably not something you want to be popping while you're taking care of a toddler. I think you get like Z-Quil, but that's Mm. probably the toughest thing you can order. And then she sits down to take the the rectal temperature of the baby, and she pops a Valium and then does that. And I'm like, like, side note, like, how much would it suck to be that child who had to have your rectal temperature taken on camera and like you grow up and oh i'm it's sure they didn't there. they didn't really no no i know yeah. but they <laughs> like they like she it was, like it's it was red you know, butt cheeks like, yeah yeah like, it didn't actually happen but it like yeah, it looked that's like a good it point could've. i guess i wasn't really thinking about that i was actually thinking more about what it's like to actually i mean at that i don't give my my children once they reach at that age i'm not gonna stick a thermometer in their butt i mean you can tr- you can yeah. stick it under their arm at that point but babies man when you stick a thermometer in their butt like they give you this look like of utter betrayal like it is the first time in their life where their parents have truly betrayed their trust (laughs) (laughs) but so she's she's, we've got the thermometer in the butt scene um and then we've got this what i would call highly romanticized version of what it's like when your kid is really sick yeah it's like soft you know crossfades with the music playing while she's gently walking back and forth and the baby never cries no crying nobody's vomiting on anyone um she looks a little tired the next day but i would not characterize my experience of having sick children as as being that i i don't believe yeah. that i mean yeah when your child is sick you get through it but i would not say it's a a bonding experience where you wake up the next day feeling like I feel good about my decision to be a parent. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not how I feel after staying up all night with a sick child for sure. Yeah, I've like nannied for children that have gotten sick in the night before and like been stuck there and I'm just like I don't I can't do this. I couldn't do this. You're like when will this That's, hell end? Yeah. It's like a lot to deal with. Like you're covered in someone else's vomit. It's all over the floor. You've got to change sheets and bathe a child that's screaming and really sick. And mm-hmm. it's the worst. I would not at all characterize it like this I, beautiful version of a sick child. Oh, no. I would be like, like the next morning night. just like, well, I'm ready. We're ready to go to the adoption office now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this over with. Exactly. Let's talk about this adoption scene. So we've got oh, this man. hit couple, which, you know, as a Southerner, you always like to see. Again, the way adoption was portrayed in this movie, they I found them so offensive. I was just yeah. like, ugh, I get it's comedy, but I was like, geez. I mean, I, you know. It felt it, like 
they were going through like a fast food drive throughs like I want a boy. Like if you right. don't have a boy, I guess I'll go for a girl, but right. just make sure you have just check, just check you have no, no boys. And I yeah. guess we're supposed to hate them and she's supposed to feel really desperate and maybe that's why they're so extreme. But god. Yeah, they were a little terrifying and like I it does not cast adoptive parents in the best light no and like no, not my mom was adopted and I was just yeah. like that's not how that happens like you don't just like give it to some strangers oh. who walk in and are like or I don't believe even all of the people meet together like that I mean no. I think I'm pretty I think I wrote down I'm sure this is not how it's done at all well there are some <laughs> like that there's like open or closed adoptions right. like if it's closed then you don't know who your child's going mm-hmm. to you just put it, it you trust that they're picking someone good, but that sounds scary. like an open adoption, you are able to like communicate with the birth parents. I feel like JC would be more of a closed adoption kind of gal. Yeah. I feel like she would just like leave it there and be like, peace out, yo. The way that baby cries is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh like, God. I mean, seriously heartbreaking. Yeah. That was a really intense moment. Like yeah. they must have watched those dailies and just been like, nailed it i mean it was just so upsetting yeah um and then like right after the baby starts crying we cut to jc leaving the the adoption agency so we don't actually see her taking right back or the the conversation or the conflict Mm -hmm. and that's like the first example in this movie of they skip over a big event happening Mm, so there happens quite quite twice Mm. more but i guess we'll get to that um what did you guys think about that, about her taking the baby back? I mean, obviously, I feel like they kind of yeah. forced your, her, her hand I, the way they, they characterize these yeah. people. And and also, she like makes a comment later, and I might be jumping the gun, but she says something about, like, I couldn't leave her with a woman who calls her husband sir. She does say and that like, in the next scene I, yeah, to Harold Ramis. Like, I liked that moment. It was almost kind of like she had... Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't want my, like, only relative to be raised by people like this. I don't, like, I want her to have better role models, I guess. So then she was feminism there where she's, like, little tidbit. I mean, I feel like to them, the people that made this movie, they feel like that moment in the hallway is where you see her make the decision. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, maybe, did it bother you guys? We didn't see her take the baby back. It didn't bother me. I didn't feel like I needed to see that, but, you know, Yeah, it just felt like it, it, it. They didn't take take advantage of what could have been like a dramatic or a funny or some kind of moment that would have been a, a higher mm. emotional, higher stakes yeah. kind of mo- mo- moment. They just like skipped it. Mm, it wasn't a super emotionally high stakes movie though. Yeah. yeah so I mean, if they were to go to that sentimental moment, I feel like it would have it been jumping the gun for the yeah. rest of the movie. Although yeah. let's face it, do we ever get that sentimental moment where she's really like, this baby has. I mean, yeah, I think no, we're surprised. We see too. her life get changed, but it's really not about that. the baby yeah. most of the time. She suddenly becomes a mom, but we skip yeah. that moment where her and the child are having yeah, this bond where like she's she like, looks into the child's I love eyes. you. You changed my life. Yeah. Like, we yeah, never get that. That's true. Um, anyway, so now we're in the train we're in the train station for some reason <laughs> yeah and uh and, and oh, harold Steven, ramus is steven's been away right steven's conveniently been away mm-hmm. um i am i can only imagine that had he been the one sticking the thermometer up elizabeth's butt that they would all be one happy family yes um <laughs> but no he's here to now they're breaking up so um but that was something else that didn't seem this seemed to skip over it was just very polite it was very like i can't do this and then it would like cut 
to the next scene and I was like wait what and the stuff did is they being just yeah, removed like, did the they writer? just break up like what I didn't get a breakup scene I got just like polite like it was like a text message breakup yeah yeah and I, I know I know they were trying to sh- like make it seem like they, their relationship wasn't strong and mm-hmm. that just shows how li- li- little but investment they, they had together. In, in it but it just didn't make sense they owned their condo together like they were talking about buying a vacation home together but there they was had, no like, con- conversation together, it was like he was like yeah i can't i don't want a kid and yeah, it's like it's okay no discussion she just accepts it she's like yeah that's fair yeah you know okay so she brings the baby to work which again yeah i'm wondering at this point you've had the baby for what like a week now mm-hmm you're why are you bringing this baby to work or take some personal leave like surely she must have some vacation time saved up for sure Uh, i don't know why she's bringing this baby to work as a mother i find it insulting you know we know better than to i mean i don't i try not to take my kids to the grocery store if i can help it yeah i'm not gonna bring them to a corporate office okay Let's talk about the nannies. Oh man, mm, you guys so want to dig into the nannies? nannies. Let, why, let's dig in. Let's dig into those nannies. Then the, the, the so nanny bad. interview m- montage. So we start off with like the crazy Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a woman who just had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. We get a strict German woman. Mm-hmm. The submissive woman in a burqa. The burqa. And wow, that is just extra but problematic. She, she oh saying, my god, she the burqa. was saying like these really I, like. I wrote it Dark down. Thing. Yeah, I'll teach your daughter to respect a man and only to speak when spoken to. And I was like, oh, man. I want to say this is offensive and horrible, and it is, but I would not be surprised to see that. And if, like, I feel like there are people that still characterize oh. women in burqas in that yeah. way. That's yeah. like the worst part about it is just like, I know Muslim women and I'm just like, that's not in any way anyone that I know. And like, I'm sure there are women out there, but there are also women walking around in polos and jeans mm. that are just like that. And again, and this just, was in the 1980s, when, yeah. which in a strangely symmetrical fashion, it was the 1980s when terrorism was a thing that people were very afraid of yeah and particularly you know um people were afraid of middle the middle eastern culture and strangely we're still we're still there yeah, we're still no, there we haven't gotten over that um but yeah that yeah. burka nanny really was i was like wow yeah that's great that's yeah. just reminded me of trump unbelievable what's going on with trump right now and yeah the- I do like that she hires the woman with no experience first, though. The one who's yeah. just like, um, I've never watched a kid before. Right. And she's like, like, you're hired. Passes over <laughs> the German lady for some reason. Yeah. Didn't seem to have a problem. I guess maybe there's something about Germans being not trustworthy in the 1980s. Like, I don't know. Uh, um, not Nazi joke. Here. Something, something like, like that, that, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she picks Victoria Jackson, who is just... A complete airhead has no experience with children but weirdly charming in this movie weirdly yeah. charming yeah but like i also don't understand jc's thought process there she's like i'm not doing well at this and i have no experience i'll hand her off to someone else who also doesn't know what they're right? doing yeah all right so she leaves her with victoria jackson and goes to this huge boardroom oh boy this boardroom scene yeah where she's the only lady there Right, I did. I wrote that down. Yeah, in all caps, all men. Yeah, not a single woman. 
I feel like this is like a very stark. This scene is like a stark representation of her like transition from the tiger lady to the mom, because mm-hmm. she's in this board meeting. She's like rocking it. She's walking around like mm-hmm. strutting her shit, mm-hmm. and then she gets a call, and all of a sudden she just has a meltdown and like can't find her words. Like, and I'm just like, why did you take this call? Like, you knew it was the nanny. Like, why take this call why in the middle of the meeting? Why did you take this call in the boardroom? In the room. Like, who would not walk outside and take it outside? Yeah. So, again, I'm like, I get that we're supposed to see how she's her life is changing. But it's like, come on. Nobody is going to sing Itsy Bitsy Spider in, the middle in of a boardroom. Board you're going to take that call outside. I mean, obviously, yeah. if your nanny calls, you're going to take the call because it could be yeah. an emergency. But you're not going to do it in front of all these. All these people who have already expressly said they judge you for this choice and for what you, just the fact that you're a woman and you may one day want a child. I also wrote down, why do all the men in this movie hate babies? Like, is there not a single person in that room who does, who has, who does not have children? Like somebody's got to have kids at that table. Well, Fritz has kids, but his wife takes care of them. That's true. He doesn't know what she does all day. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't even know if he has boys or girls. He 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 probably doesn't either. So I'll say this. The note that I have about the scene where Fritz brings Kenny on to help JC with the account. I've got um, the scene where Fritz brings a younger dude to help JC is like every job I've ever had. Oh, God. <laughs> like this happens all the time. Do you sure you don't need someone better qualified to help you with this thing that you're obviously too stupid to do because you're a woman? It's like every day of my life. When we work with our group of people that we work with regularly on our projects, I never feel that. But I've certainly worked on sets where I have felt undermined or watched other women be undermined. You know, I know it happens in other industries besides this, but certainly it has been a personal experience for mine. So that that really hit home for me, watching this young guy that she helped, you know, get in and he's like, honing in on her job and like so smug about it i mean usually i i'm not saying that the guys that i've encountered in life have been like that a lot of them are very grateful for an opportunity to move up but yeah i see that happen all the time so let's move on to the park oi the park women in the park what did you guys think about those women in the park well first of all they have nothing to talk about other than their children and the children's schedules Mm -hmm. and i thought that was that's that's our wife character you know that's like you're right these are the only stay-at-home or the moms i guess we don't we imagine worst they are still at home like that's you know we're not told that but we imagine and i mean they their days are filled with their kids and then i noticed that she gets shit from them too and it's just like she doesn't fit in anywhere apparently like yeah she can't do anything right like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's asking them about preschools and they're like, oh my God, like you haven't even registered yet. You have yet. to register before they're born. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's like, the most absurd thing I've ever heard of. Like, and like, I've, I had always thought that that was like kind of a newer thing, but apparently this was happening in the 80s yeah. too. And I will, yes, in their defense, do. when you take care of children all day long, it is difficult to talk about much else. I mean, honestly, there was a time in between what I'm doing now and what I was doing before when I was home with my children for an entire year and I had nothing else to talk about. But yeah, these women, of course, come across as being enormous jerks, which doesn't say much for mom characters in this movie either. So, you know, uh, nobody really comes off looking well, I guess, in this movie. Um, None of the women really Not the yuppies, not the moms, 
none of them. Not the bosses. Not the bosses. Yeah, there's a lot of jerks in this movie. Yeah. That kid who comes up and talks to them about the sky looking like, I don't remember what the painting was. It was like, I was like, that kid is amazing. Yeah. He might or, be my favorite character. It was Paul Cezanne. It was like, oh, it looks yeah, like it a Cezanne. Paul Cezanne landscape. Oh, and I was like, God. oh, yeah, right. I, <laughs> I have met parents like that, though. That's terrifying. That put that much effort. Like, this stuff. Okay, what I'd like to refer to is the overachieving montage that comes up. Oh, God. With the flashcards. <laughs> yeah. I know parents like this. That seems like a lot of work for, like, a two-year-old. Oh. Which is the joke, really, that yeah. they're teaching them about like Botswana great, and, yeah. and sushi and the great gray owl and, like, <laughs> holding all these flashcards up. And I'm like, it's not even, like, the color red. Like, start start simple. Like, start yeah. little. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Maybe work on sign montage. language. The, the baby gym where the baby is, like, swinging. How did they find that kid? They, like, glued his hands to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, just hold on little Jimmy we're gonna put some glue on here the next scene I think is maybe one of the most important ones in the whole movie yeah. for me mm-hmm. and that is uh, that is when she quits the job yeah. I did make note of like the things her boss like how, that Fritz says to her though he like he tells her that she's lost her concentration and gone soft yeah. and he calls her kiddo Ugh, and yes. I was just like oh god like She's so upsetting. She's none of those things. Like Yeah. And then I think Ken, when, when Kenny says that he's just helping her until she's done with her baby thing, yeah. I just like, it makes me want to barf. I yeah. just, and I, I think that that's the intention. Like we're supposed yeah. to feel yeah. that yeah. way, but I'm just like, ugh. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is that they're not like mustache twirling villains. Like they are in a way, but like this kind of thing happens. Like yeah. the yeah. way that it's, they're talking to her. It's not extreme enough still to... happens feel like like you said a mustache twirling villain it's like Mm -hmm. it's still it's believable it's more just like a heightened reality yeah yeah the way that they shove her out was and i know that's the intention of the scene but it was very upsetting especially you know as a mom to watch the way that she's treated it's like the thing that you fear i think is a woman trying to be taken seriously which is hard enough i feel like and taking care of kids is such like a, a a noble like important thing to do and yet it's like if you take any time like you just said if you take any time that's not your work you're going to get left behind right and it's like you can't win like if you stay home with the kids you're those moms in the park yeah if you go to work you're not spending enough time with your kids so it's like no matter what you do yeah you're just screwed yeah so then she quits she quits she takes her paintings and her stuff and she walks home and mm-hmm. and cries on a step for a while and yeah does it make me a bad person that i got mad that she cried no i, I did like, too yeah i don't know i feel like she could have had a stronger cry like yeah. i feel like i feel like, like she'd been strutting cry. down the street right? like tossing her hair back like uh, i'm uh, whatever i've made my choice and like i'm sad but like i'm gonna get over it because i'm a I'm JC, the tiger lady, and I'm going to rock this parenting thing. Right. And like, no, she doesn't. She's just like, well, New York's over. Maybe and like, that's what bothered me about it. I think you're, you're nailing it, on hitting the nail on yeah. the head right there. Is that, she hadn't just like I collapsed wanted, like, on a heat. An angry cry. It was like yeah. she was being, she was so, uh, such a victim yeah. in yeah. that moment. And that was really bothering me a lot. Yeah. And that was she not was the, the one kind of quit. person. She was the one that quit, and we she's we were told she's this strong, like relentless person, and here yeah. she is just like 
letting herself be a victim. And I know we can't all be strong all the time, but I think that's what bothered me about that yeah. moment. Yeah. I think there could have been a better choice there for sure. Like you could have kept the crying, but like given her a different motivation mm-hmm. other than just utter sadness and, and you despair could be sad, from this moment. But like angry and outraged like, and betrayed. Yeah, this just you know? happened to you, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. like like screw know. you guys. Exactly. I know. I'm I don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you it, need me. And then instead of going... That's what I would have liked to see. Yeah. Instead too. of going to find another like job in her field, she just right. gives up and like moves away. Ugh. I'm going to go make quilts. But I guess we're meant to believe that she... I guess we're meant to believe that she always really wanted that because we see her... I don't know if you guys remember in the beginning where she's circling the homes in the mm. vacation homes and she's telling Steve that she wants that farmhouse... Yeah, and that's the one she ends up buying. So I guess again, we're meant to believe that secretly this is the person she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I guess I feel and like this is like an act break. It feels like the first is. half of the movie is it, like. And, and I actually like looked sigh. at the time, and it was like halfway, it was halfway ex- almost exactly halfway. I kind of, in a way, I kind of understand what happens here because in between having my first child and my third child. I took some time off from working. It was just too much. I was like, oh, there are too... Like, again, you're expected to do all these things. you got to cook dinner, and you got to do the laundry, and you got to take care of the kids, and then you got to go to work, and it's like, ah, I can't do all these things. Yeah. One of these jobs has got to go, and the kids aren't going anywhere, so I'm going to, you know, spend the, my time with them. So here we go. We go to Vermont. Uh, I'm... I didn't have um, a lot to say about this initial move. Just that she didn't seem to think it through. She just bought the 62-acre... Yeah. Old Vermont, like, estate. Uh, it just seems like a very rash decision to me. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the problems that I have with this character is that she's not well-rounded. She has attributes that somebody has given her, but they don't actually apply to her life. Like, she's a Harvard grad who graduated summa cum laude and, like, is supposed to be this incredibly t- intelligent woman, but she buys a used car that she doesn't know anything about, she buys a house but doesn't get it inspected. She like well, you know, women does all of are these. dumb about those things. Apparently, women don't know anything about houses. I am a renter and nowhere near home ownership, but I still know like, that you inspect the well. Yeah, before you buy the you don't just buy a I house that you've never seen. <laughs> and like, she has an she has a orchard. Cow. There's a cow. cow. And like, I feel like what? whoever sold her the house was not vetting the people that <laughs> properly at all and she doesn't a, have those like skills she, she you gave her a whole orchard and a cow like the cow and, comes with the house yeah, yeah. and th- there's like there's a part where she's in a rowboat and she like drops the oars into the water and like screams for help and it's like so everything she does is that wrong. was the yeah. fakest fake like, ass baby in that fakest, boat fake baby <laughs> i was in that like boat. Fakest, thank god fake baby. because there should not be a baby on that rowboat no That's, um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like just all these little moments of just, just incompetence. She apparently just completely loses all ability to do basic human things. Yes. Like common sense things. I, and her high powered job. It's just like all she, the things. It, motherhood makes her completely useless. Yes. Mm-hmm. For everything but mothering, which she does okay. Yeah. Um, I did like the way she tells the Sleeping Beauty story. I 
loved that That's moment. kind of like me trying to explain fairy tales to my daughter. I did yeah. like that, but it felt like too little too late for me. It felt mm. like all this stuff had just been adding up and then it was like, oh, now you're going to tell a progressive fair, fair fairy tale. It's like, I don't know. No, I get it. I get it. But I did like the way that she was like, yeah. and then she told him we should go have coffee because I have a big exam. <laughs> I'm in med school and I was like yes that's how yeah. that story should end and then she gets married after she becomes a doctor right college educated princess anyway um so there's a running joke with this handyman guy who is like the only handyman in town and he's yeah. constantly coming back to tell her that things are broken Just with his your yep, stuff nope yep nope and uh, my mom could not get enough of him in the movie theater. She thought he was just the funniest thing. I just have, like, four notes about, like, how dumb she is and, like, why do they right. keep talking about how intelligent she is when, like, she hasn't made a single bright choice this yeah. whole time. Well, because she's a parent and that makes you dumb. Um, yeah. So then she's making all the sauce and she's making all the sauce and we see, like, cabinets full of this applesauce. Yeah. Which, again, I kind of relate to. Wait, the, did we skip over some stuff? No. Uh, it's I'm talking about the scene where she's like on the phone with somebody from New York. Yeah. And she's yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. about back home. And you can see that she's really dissatisfied. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel you, girl. I've been there. You know, mm-hmm. like... You know, where you're just like, uh, I'm, I know I'm good at making bread, but I don't love this as much as I thought I would. And also... Our apples are not in season in the middle of winter when she's making this and her whole house is filled with snow. Ooh, good point. Just a, good a quick point. Little, a little continuity error there. Yeah, a little tidbit about farming. It must have been farming. those, uh, you know, unseasonably cold apples that are yeah. frost resistant. Yes, frost resistant <laughs> apples. So she has this breakdown at the well, which yeah. I guess is kind of her like turning point where she's just like unloading on this handyman guy. But it's not like well thought out. It's not like no. a, a reasoned like this sucks and this is why. It is like pure like insanity, just like nonsense. Well, it's uh, like when she gets to the farm, she goes from this like strong cold character, like they characterize yeah. her as being mm-hmm. like cold and unfeeling, yeah. to this like the prototypical like hysterical woman. Yeah, like, I yeah. think that's the character she becomes. But I do feel like that meltdown that she has at the well. I feel like I have that meltdown like at least once a day. Oh yeah, with Inside. my kids, I do too. I and really I don't do. have children. Inside, outside, <laughs> all the sides, where I'm just like, I just can't, and I just didn't, and I went to college, and what am I doing here? <laughs> so she has this meltdown in front of the handyman. She passes mm-hmm. out, and of course, naturally, he takes her to the vet. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, why not? Um, who is played by Sam Shepard. Mm-hmm. Playwright, actor Sam Shepard. Yeah. Also very young in this film. Very too. young. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about their relationship, but I could not have been more creeped, creeped out, out by that. Yes. Yeah, so oh, creeped Thank out. goodness you said creeped. Was so he was like weirdly rapey kiss it was like so oh, it's so gross icky and it's not like okay first of all nothing against sam shepherd the man is a, he's a brilliant writer and a great actor yeah. but the way that the character is written i almost feel like he was intended to be like this kind of like chris hemsworth almost kind mm. of dumb attractive character yeah. yeah and the casting is just really weird like i'm sorry yeah. but I, I don't find Sam Shepard to be a heartthrob. No, I'm um, sorry. And it's not just like, it's not like I need some like super conventionally pretty face because there are certainly 
actors I find attractive who are not necessarily like hunky. But it's just you're right. He's like kind of creepy and a little rapey. Yeah. A little rapey. Yes. And I just he like puts his icky. arm around her and like is like listening to her talk about like not having sex and then she like keeps talking Why about not she having do sex. That? What and woman just, like, would do that? Apologizes and like it's all like weird about it. Where she's and... like talking to the vet. Well, again, she thinks yeah, she's she, a doctor, well, but yeah. why would you talk to some strange man who just says, I'm a doctor, and you're like, well, and let well, me tell you everything. And then he reveals yeah. he's a vet, like a total creep, just like, oh, I'm a vet, you know? Like, it's But like, also, it's like, why does she get so angry that he's a vet? Like, it's not yeah. his fault that you're telling him all the creepy details of your, like, it, both of them are yeah. creepy. I should point out. Yeah. It's not just him. Like, I love Diane Keaton, but she seems a little creepy yes. as well. Yes. Oh, for sure. I was um, like, what is going on? And again, here in this office scene with her in the vet office, she's just the hysterical mess character. Yeah, why does suddenly? The, why do all the animals scare her so much? She's been milking a cow for presumably a, a month or two. <laughs> she's just like it's like she just entered the world. Yeah, there's a horse. And I'm I know. Out and she iron. screams, and then there's a pig, and she screams. <laughs> it's like, and I'm just like, what is happening to and you? And she gets so mad at him for being a vet. Like it's this yeah. dirty profession that no human being should ever be a vet i, I know. Just don't i feel like i'd be more why. mad if like i didn't know he was a dentist like i feel like i'd be more pissed about <laughs> like, that that's where i draw the like line. that's where i draw the line i would rather tell a random vet about my sex life than like wake up and have somebody be like hi i'm dr bradshaw and like me just start talking he's like um actually i was just like cleaning your teeth like you just, <laughs> you just like i knocked out you out <laughs> yeah <laughs> I gave you laughing gas and you just took it really well. <laughs> like, started telling me about your sex life. I mean, look, I, this movie was written by a woman, right? And a man. And that's true. They, yeah. I feel like he must have written this scene. Like, there is not a, I don't know a woman who would just wake up in a doctor's office and begin talking about their sex life in this yeah. way. And then we go to the general store mm-hmm. where we find out that they've been talking about her during the town hall meeting. And then the yuppies show up, which apparently Chris Noth Chris is Noth one of the yuppies. Chris, I did yeah. not. Yeah, I need to go back and Mr. watch that Big. again. Mr. Big was in that scene. That's really funny. So the yuppies come in mm-hmm. and they're icky as yeah. they're meant to be. Um, and very interested in baby food for so being young people food. with no babies. I actually wrote down why do these yuppies need so much applesauce? Oh, my gosh. Like, yes. why are they buying? Is it? They're supposed. To, is it like a trendy thing? Like, if this was written now, would it be like hipsters? hipsters totally. Yeah. Totally. Hipsters buying just like gallons of apples of artisan applesauce. Is that artisanal. what this would be? Artisanal. Sorry, I always <laughs> yeah, say that artisanal. wrong. Artisanal applesauce. So after she sells all the applesauce to the yuppies, she mm-hmm. gets this brilliant idea, and she goes to the library to read about business, which I feel like she should know about. She a should. lot, yeah. By this time, given that she went to Harvard, uh, I imagine in business, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate to make that assumption, but it seems like that was her jam. <laughs> yeah, that was her jam to begin with, and she worked at this in what seems to be some kind of advertising firm, and now she's got a 
well, gee golly, I don't know how to, you know, how do I market a product? Start my own business. It's like, okay. So we have the obligatory go to the library scene, Mm -hmm. and guess uh, who's there? The love interest. Guess who's not there? The baby. Uh, Yeah, like I wrote down, like where is the baby who's watching the baby while she's at the library? But you're right. Again, it's like the baby's there when we need the baby. Baby's not there, and we don't need the baby as a prop. But yes, right. So Sam Shepard is there. Um, he asked her out for coffee, and uh. She's, she just, like, refuses, and she, like, goes on this rant, I think, where she tells him, uh, I didn't write this down, but it's she seems very of- of offended that he's asking her out, and she thinks that she's taking, like, a feminist stance, I guess, about, like, being about being asked, asked out, out for coffee. Yeah. yeah. What, what stance does she take that is feminist about being asked out for coffee? It's like, how could a man presume to think that just because I told him I don't have set haven't had sex in a while that that means like come ask me out for coffee i i, I didn't yeah. understand no I, she is irrationally angry at him yeah. Yeah. about about something i don't about know spilling yeah. her own secrets to him and like him being and like that he's a vet again yeah she brings that up again like it's a dirty profession <laughs> i feel like we're it's supposed to be that trope of romantic comedy where it's like yes. the woman has to hate the guy yeah, and they're like forcing it. It's yeah. like, she doesn't guys. have a good reason at all. Yeah, it does it's not make like, sense. Yeah, you know, like yeah. maybe if he was like the hot handyman who keeps coming to the house and telling her something's broken, and then like looking at her in this like really patronizing way, yeah. like she can't take care of herself, then I could understand. So yeah, so she hates him for some reason. Then she's driving home, and the car gets a flat tire. And guess who's there? And then he's just like he's magically, just like not even a car like, length behind her. He's just like pulled her. out of the parking lot after her and followed her home, <laughs> and is like, "Oh, let me change that tire." He I like he like compares her to a, a feisty dog at that point. Yeah, yeah. Really and then icky. he says, "I mm-hmm. like f- I like frailty." It was so gross. I like I wrote that one Whoa. down too. Seems like a yeah. pre- predator. Ew, that is just so gross. And then again, yeah. she gives him like this impassioned speech about, oh, you shouldn't, you know, come on to me and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then he like grabs her and kisses her. I mm-hmm. I hate that. when that happens. I hate, I hate when that, that happens. I hate that in movies so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never want to see that again. I actually was, t- I turned to Chris and I was like, I hate it when they do that. I hate when women tell someone that they hate them. And then the men forcibly kiss them, and then they like it. I hate yes. it. We had to yes. pause the movie and Just talk about like it because we were both yeah. so mad about that moment. I hate those moments. And then, and then Chris was like, "Yeah, it's like mouth rape." I was like, "It is total yes. mouth rape." Yeah, that oh, is God, exactly Chris what it is, that. and it is so gross. As someone who that has happened to me, where someone has just like taken the opportunity upon themselves to grab me and try to passionately kiss me, and then I freaked out. You're like, that's like, not how it plays out in real life. It's not how it goes. Like you're, you're like, never like, I, I just hate told you. you I don't minute. like you. Yeah, you're I'm not, not kidding about that. It, it never happens like that. Like, don't do that, men. We Ugh, don't like it. So gross. Next, we have we finally get to talk about the montages. Oh, the montage. So she begins this uh, applesauce baby food, gourmet baby food, I believe is what they call it. Country baby. Country baby. Just the way they're presented even. The visual style of these montages. Yeah. She goes around Vermont trying to sell it to stores Mm -hmm. and and, and people on the street. 
Um, this is where the, there's like the superimposition of like the, the railroad the tracks. Money. Yeah, and the money. No, no, that's like, no, the that's second later? one, okay. which oh, was amazing. And okay. I want every movie I do from now on <laughs> to have like a mo- some scene where like money is superimposed and people just throwing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this was where there's like a montage of like train tracks and like mm, car driving okay. and then just like mm-hmm. people really stoically like shaking, no. shaking their head no. This is one of the things. One of the things I feel like this movie gets right is that I like that she starts her own business. Mm-hmm. And I've got more to say about that later. Yes. But what bothers me is that she starts her own business in this like sort of like sanctioned for a woman kind of yeah. field. And I don't want to diminish people who cook or who make baby food or who craft or any of that because yeah. crafting is actually a huge business right now. But But in this particular case, we have a woman who was in you know, very rat racy kind of job. And again, she goes full domestic here Mm -hmm. and starts making baby food and and turns it into a business. So I do. Yeah. I I hate the business she starts too, because it's like, uh, she still doesn't have a connection with the baby. She still doesn't seem to care about the baby. And then she like uses the fact that she has a baby to start her own business. Like she exploits the babiness. If there had been a scene where she couldn't get her to eat anything but this applesauce, I feel like that would mean something. Yeah. Yeah. And that is missing. You're right. It's just like that, that, aspect of her relationship with this child was not explored so even though this movie is a film about motherhood it's not really it's not um and i think that's a fair criticism that it's like a more of a prop and like uh, a way to set up jokes yeah than it is like a thing that's really explored and again i don't want to diminish the importance of people who start their start a crafting business or start a food business i or canning that you know i got into canning for a while that was another thing i got into was canning jam i don't think that that i think that's a very that's a great path um i just don't think it necessarily fits with this character yeah yeah and it's a weird choice for her personally yeah and i feel like it was like something that seemed to be a sanctioned domestic job that she could do i totally agree with that because i think it's interesting that i I mean starting your own business is not easy it requires a lot of time like i recently read nasty gal or nasty gal creators right i read that too uh girl boss girl boss i read that and she talks about how she spent all of her time doing it it's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing but she was into vintage clothes right like this is the first we've ever seen her be into cooking exactly or applesauce and it's just it i think it belittles the process of like starting your own business Mm because that's just as hard as having a corporate job it seems like this business guy like we've got the montage where there's just like the financial chart that's going up in the air Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. means something I suppose uh, yeah. but it all happens really fast um, the baby seems to age not at all yeah yeah. it seems like this would have taken years to build a business like this but okay it's the 80s so then we have the dance and who is there again the vet well I mean it's yeah. a small town but yes yeah. uh, also I want to add there's a scene in between where she's at the post office giving out the catalogs mm-hmm. and there's like a moment where they literally have Sam Shepard like they, he talks to her for a moment, then he goes outside and pets a puppy. Mm, I didn't see that. Oh God. And it's like they're they're like trying to make him dreamy. Like they're just yeah. really trying so hard. In um in that same scene, she's like talking to the mayor, mm-hmm. who is uh, the nurse, the yeah. nurse at the veterinary clinic. Mm-hmm. And I realized that why I, does the mayor need two jobs anyway? We won't get into yeah, it. Yeah, and I also realized like mayor's that the mayor, a big job. Mayor doesn't have a name. 
Mayor's just called <gasps> Mayor. Mayor Rat. Well, and did we miss that? I don't, I don't remember hearing. I don't her think name. I missed it because she calls her Mayor see. constantly. You're right. They and did like, not. I don't think. They I don't did know give if they actually that gave her a name. That is really funny. And like, I'm and like, sad. she's the Mayor. And there's a dance montage. This movie's just full of mm-hmm. montages. Yeah, they really um, do love the montages. And it 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 made me think like this happens in so many films, like romantic comedies, just pure romances, romantic dramas where there is no re- reason for characters to, to be attracted to each other other than how they look or like like the, 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 we don't have like a scene with like a, a deep intellectual You're conversation right. or like common. an emotional connection it's yeah. just like she doesn't You're like hot like she doesn't like pets or vets he says earlier um like we're the only two people in this town under 60 and it's so just I guess like, it's like, it's by like we have to be together because there's nobody know, else. It's just, oh gosh, that you're line. not going to be able to sell your house, you idiot who <laughs> bought this house. You're stuck with me. <laughs> so, did you guys notice there's like a moment where he, she's got the baby who is at the dance. She didn't leave her at home, mm-hmm. and she passes the baby to him for a second, and he holds the baby, which is the first time I feel like we've seen a man voluntarily hold a baby in this movie. And she's like watching him with these bedroom eyes. Did you guys notice? I she was did like, notice that. So yes. turned on. It was so by creepy. This guy <laughs> holding a baby. I know. It's like I am so hot right now. Yeah. That oh you're holding gosh. this baby. I think she was just like happy to give her hip a break. She was like, <laughs> that baby weighs so much. Yeah. So I thought that was creepy and also like meant to, I guess, prepare us. Like they go to bed right away. Right like away. Right in the sack. Right, right away. after this. But there's a first, there's a little place, there's a little scene with them in front of the fridge. Yes. And this is like the 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 rapiest part because she's she says no like a lot of times right. and then he's like yeah. no yes yeah and ew, she's ew, like ew, yes i hate yes. that that needs to never be in movies again and it's just like this back and forth no yes no yes no yes and i was just and then he kisses her and and then it's like okay bedtime and it's like oh it was the rapiest you're right. That, yeah. Oh. She didn't even close the fridge. He's just like forcing her inside. I'm like worried cold? he's going to lock her in there. Like <laughs> Hillary is writing a whole nother movie that's happening. All movies are horror movies oh, for me. God. Um, oh, and then there's a line. All men make me nervous except you. What does that mean? I, know. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Is and this I, the leg thing? What? Remember she's. Her well, leg is bouncing under the know. table in because, a several um, scenes. Does I feel that like mean this that she's a, secretly made nervous by all men? I feel like this is a different no. kind of nervous, no. though. She's I feel intimidated like this is by like them? a sexual nervousness, oh, so not like no an intimidation. Oh, so no men are attractive except but, for the vet. Well, and is I made that, a comment about that, too. I was like, since when do men not make do men make you nervous? Like, she's been this whole time, this total boss mm-hmm, lady, mm-hmm. even to him. And all of a sudden, she's like got to flatter him with this. So oh, man, nervous, nervous is really like a insinuation for something else. Is I, that? I think I so. No like, I think it's like a giddy schoolgirl nervousness. Uh, you know, like when the like first time you see her crush. Give me buddy butterflies. Yeah. yeah. And then the morning after, he seems totally like unenthusiastic. Like she, she walks out. She seems kind of drunk. She's like she's like mm-hmm. singing. And he's he like walks insinuating in. they've been having sex all yeah. night. And he's like, I'm and, tired. And he walks out <laughs> in like carrying his shoes and his like his ja- jacket as if he's about to like book it out of there. <laughs> and he's like totally unenthusiastic. And she's just like singing and like totally like, like drunk on love. And like, it's just. Ugh. Yeah. 
he's like, shit, I accidentally spent the night again. I know, right? <laughs> how many, uh, how many <coughs> under sixty women is he banging in this town? I know. That's what I want to know. He's just slipping out in the middle of the night. <laughs> he's just like, fuck, we had sex all night. And in this scene, she gets a call from Fritz. Mm-hmm. that says Food Chain wants to buy her business, mm-hmm. and the vet seems, you know, upset about this. The the prospect casually of her moving upset. back. Yeah, he doesn't casually. seem that worried. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, mm, he just seems slightly like, oh, I might. I mean, lose Sam Shepard's a good actor, right? Yeah. yeah. Is he just like phoning it in in this movie? Is that like I think it. so because he's almost kind of just like mm, I'll he's just like, go back to boning sixty year olds. Right. Yeah. It <laughs> seems like he's got a lot of he's got a lot on his dance card. It doesn't seem like he's that worried about it. So she goes back to New York. Mm-hmm. Baby is conveniently gone again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although again, I just want to point out we could not find anyone to watch this child earlier when she mm-hmm. was taking the child to business meetings. Uh, she shows up at the office. Now suddenly everyone loves babies. They're all yeah. asking yeah, about the baby. Like, I noticed brought that the teddy bear. Multiple people said she looked great. You look w- w- wonderful. Which, you look terrific. Which grossed me out. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why, why does she have to look wonderful? You know, well it's now like, she's a mother in her own natural habitat. I it also just pissed me off that she walks into the same office that like demoted her and like gave her so much crap for keeping a child, and they're all like, "Where's the baby?" Ew! And she's right? like, the "Baby, it didn't go over well last time I brought her in here. Like, what the fuck are you asking me also, that for?" Also, like, why is she not meeting? Okay, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I mean, I get we only have a certain number of sets, but it's like yeah. I feel like you would want to meet at a neutral location or maybe you want to shop around it's like you want to get in there get an offer get somebody else to give you a better offer she's a smart business person like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to deal with those you know fuckwads who like you know totally pushed me out of my job but i don't know maybe that's why i'm not a high-powered business lady i don't know i have too much pride i feel like to go back into something like that yeah but and we then, do have to have a final showdown. Yeah. Like, it's got to happen. Well, so. and the, the, but the whole board meeting, though, is still just like so insulting mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. And like, Absolutely. once again, Fritz with his gems, he says, You're a big girl now. Yeah. That was so gross. And he calls her young lady. And like, they both mm-hmm. do. Like, um, the food chain guy calls her young lady multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? I did say that I love how confident she is during the meeting. I love how mm-hmm. she's sitting there and she's toying with them. I really love that. But we do yeah. see her nervous le- her leg. Le- le- mm-hmm. leg twitch mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. They give her an am- amazing offer. It is. It Which is actually any- amazing. I know. I was like, maybe you should fucking sell I, that. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down. Sell I was that. like, why would you do that? $3 million is an amazing gift to your child. Like, Yeah. You could start. What? I mean... She's still running the business, too. But the principle yeah. of it. The I principle. Mean, she the way they laugh when she leaves was gross. She goes and talks to herself in the mirror, like s- s- psychs herself up, like, you can do it. Um, I guess that's the moment of truth where you look in the mirror and you see who you really are. But she didn't in that moment. Way. In the moment right. in the mirror, she was like, yes, I'm she's back, like, I'm baby. It. I'm getting it. And, and then she back. like walks back to the door. And it's not until she's like about to walk in when she's like, mm, no. I'm not the tiger lady anymore. Yeah. But she yeah. actually that says so that. I'm not the tiger lady anymore. Which is like, why Why can't you be? Why can't you? Before we even get to the end. Okay, sorry. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Before we even get to the end, I want to add that before she even gives the speech, I had written down that. I would like this movie much more if that love interest did not exist. Yes. So I feel like that's yeah. like supposed to make us 
give her a reason to stay. Like, I feel like in that moment in the, in my, I did not necessarily interpret her feelings in that moment to be, oh, I shouldn't take this deal for my child. I interpreted it to be, oh, but my dreamy vet boyfriend. Yes. Mm. If he was not there, like, I feel like I would have a lot more respect for yeah. this movie. That's I don't, exactly like, how but, I feel as I mean, well. I realize that mainstream films always feel like they have to include some kind of like romantic love interest because they feel like people aren't going to care otherwise. But yeah. I feel like why not channel that into the relationship with a child? Like if we didn't waste time on this creepy romance, yeah, we could have focused on the love developing between her and the baby, which would which have been way more interesting way to me. Way more interesting. And like I wrote that down as well that like the choice she makes like – and because she makes it for a man to like stay in Vermont and mm-hmm. like live with a man, mm-hmm. it makes her choice so much less legitimate to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, it's not because she wants to run her own business or, or do any of these things. It's because she wants to be with Sam Shepard's character. And she I'm does just like, bring that up. I don't feel like that's the only reason. I don't think it's the only but reason. I but I feel like the fact that it, and we'll get to that, but the feel like that, that the fact that that romance exists, it's unnecessary. For sure. Um, it's just one of those things that people feel like they have to have in a movie, and I don't think it. I don't think it's needed. Yeah. At all. So let's talk about the speech that she gives at the end. What did you guys think about that? Hillary is making a face. It's just like another moment of the hysterical woman. Mm. To me, um, she just kind of spills her personal life in this meeting when she doesn't yeah. really need to be. You know, it's funny. Chris said the same thing sitting it's, next to me. He's like, why, says, is, "Why is he? Why is she telling them all this stuff?" Yeah, like yeah. nobody cares. In the end, like you're turning down their deal. I mean, turn it down and walk away. You don't have to give them any reasons for it. Yeah, Please. you just say your yeah. deal sucks. I'm gonna take it somewhere else. Yeah, get yeah. more money. Screw you guys. Yeah, yeah. And then she says, uh, "This is." You know, this is just a silly line to me. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I just think the rat race is going to have to survive with one less rat. Yeah, <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> um, now, I actually think that this speech, I'm going to provide a different opinion here. I think okay. that the speech is one of the highlights of the movie for me, and it really resonated with me when I watched it like five years ago, the first time having seen this movie since I was a kid, when I was pregnant, and I was thinking about like, how much time do I want to spend away from my kid? You know, do I want, I mean, do I want somebody else to be raising my child most of the time while I'm at work? How do I want this to play out? Um, when she says, I have a crib in my office with a mobile over it, over my, and a mobile over my desk, and I like that. I feel like you could read that as something that is like, tr- I feel, I can see how you could read that as being something that's troubling, but to me, I feel like that's something that the movie gets right. And if you take yeah. away the fact that she showed no interest in applesauce before, what I like about this movie is that she forges her own path, that she creates. She says, the way that the working world is set up is not fair to moms, and I'm going to forge my own way, and I'm going to I'm gonna combine my, my life with my child, with my business, and I'm going to make that work. And I feel like that is awesome, and it's the thing that I love about the movie. And I feel like it's something that I personally have been chasing ever since yeah. I had kids. Like, how can I take care of the children and have a fulfilling career and not have to sacrifice either one and but not be half-assing either and not be overwhelmed and have no time to myself like how can I make this work I feel like all of us like men and women who have families should be able to have a mobile in their office and that be okay yeah yeah so I like that the speech is about redefining what success means 
And I think that that is something that I love about this movie. I will also say that I hate so much that she caps off that speech by talking about the veterinarian. Yes. Like I'm seeing like, this yeah. great guy. It goes great. She's crushed it. She's about to drop the mic and then she's going to be like all like a schoolgirl, like, and I'm seeing this great guy. And I'm like, I don't know why you had to bring him up at all. It's like, so it just, I feel like it undercuts so much good that just happened. Yeah. In yeah. That moment. I think that's totally. maybe like my problem with yeah, it. That, that, was my, like, that was my, 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 my main pro- problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. But she says a lot of good things before that. She does. And you're like, when you point them out, like, yeah, she does. You're right. But and like, then, and that, then she ends it with. And then they just shit on that. it by bringing it up this romantic, you know, it's just a lot. Yeah. So she goes back to Vermont. I don't think is Sam Shepard in the ending. Mm-hmm. I can't Love scene with the vet. That's what I have written down. Oh, okay. So why don't you talk about it? Cause I did not write down. Yeah, and uh, the only thing I wrote about, <laughs> I wrote everything about her romance with Sam Shepard is creepy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, 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 that's basically it. It just ends in a cre- cre- <laughs> creepy way. Like it's just more like weirdness. And, uh, and then she goes to her house and she plays with baby and then that's it. Final thoughts. There's a lot to unpack with this one. Um, <laughs> I hope there'll be a lot to unpack with all of them. That's yeah, it, I liked it overall. I mean, it's a funny movie. In the at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I mean, it's entertaining. Sure. It's very entertaining. I would probably watch it again. I was also watching it with the mindset of like, how is this woman portrayed? Mm-hmm. But had I just been watching the movie, maybe those things wouldn't have been quite as apparent to me. I feel like it's hard not to notice but, them. Uh, I really do. I don't but know. Maybe it's just me. I feel like this entire movie would not exist without all of these things. Like this movie is all of these kind of little offensive things. And without them, without all these different cho- choices, this movie would not exist. You mean like the, the way he, women are treated the in the way workplace? women are, tr- the way, the way everything is portrayed, the way the characters are, the way like the lines, this, this circumstance dances, the set pieces, like all of it is poking fun at this kind of world. And it's like, Without all that, it, there's no film. So are they poke? So I, I, based on what you're saying there, do you think are they poking fun at yuppies, or are they making a big joke about sexism in the workplace? Is that the? What, I think is that what's ma- what, is that the sexism funny? In, in, in the workplace? I think that I'm yeah. too young to to see it and know the difference between the bad guys who are sexist and the good good guys who are sexist. It's all mm. so the even same the vet, to me. even the vet, even the vet, se- like it all seems the I guess, same yeah. level. I mean, the way that he approached their relationship was yeah. so super icky. So I feel like I'm too young to view view this as she they would she plays right into that too that victimhood yeah she, she does. does at every turn and but that's what's so upsetting to me is that like i think this is supposed to be making a statement about women and how mm-hmm. strong they are and like the resilience the modern of woman, her like the she 80s just, modern woman she hasn't stopped you know she like she gets knocked down at her job but she like builds herself up again and she makes her own business and she could have sold it for three million but she doesn't mm-hmm. and like i think it's supposed to be this positive statement on like being resilient as a woman and a mom and a person in the world in the mm-hmm. workplace but it's just kind of meh in <laughs> the end like it's kind of like it's just kind of meh you're so close but like right not does quite it get any there. points for being 30 years old you think oh for sure mm-hmm. for it sure it is the feminine mistake yeah <laughs> it is definitely a feminine mistake 
Um, so I had a, I gave it a little bit more of a pass than that. Um, I would say I'm very conflicted about this movie. I feel like it does ask that we change the way we look at working parents. Mm -hmm. And of course it only talks about women. Really. I wish I would like to say that we should change the way that we look at working dads. Also, I think that it very clumsily suggests that parenthood changes you. And that Mm -hmm. is true. And I think that's awesome. But then there's other things about it that really bother me. Yeah. Uh, the romance is unnecessary and gross. Uh, the premise is ridiculous. Yes. Um, I, there's something, like, I feel like it falls apart a little bit for me when she goes to the farmhouse. Yeah. Um, it starts yeah. to lose its way a little bit. That's where it kind of... So it's, I feel like it's problematic. I, I think that what it's trying for is great. And I think that it did have an impact on me personally to... Like it gave, like I, I feel like the, I can credit the movie with saying to me, like, oh, I don't have to, there, I don't necessarily have to choose one path or the other. Like I can make my own path. Yeah. And yeah. so if the movie is communicating to that, to me, I think that that is successful. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of other stuff that I feel yeah. like is very clumsy. But I'm, I'm gonna give them a little bit of a pass because it's a 30 years old and we're talking about, you know, women still being viewed in this transition period Mm -hmm. and i would like to say that we're past that but we're we're not we're still in the transition period yeah so i would say that wraps up our conversation about the movie so before we move on to our next segment uh let's let's see if this movie passes the bechdel test so who wants to talk about just briefly what the bechdel test is i will do that um the bechdel test is a three-part test more or less that there are two female characters in a movie mm-hmm. or a work of fiction. They have names and they speak to each other about something other than a man. Right. So there's th- the criteria. These yes. are these three points of criteria. Um, it's a way that, you know, feminist it's cre- credited to a feminist writer, I believe, who yes. um, brought this up in a critical work where she talked about how many movies fail this test miserably. And if you go and check out think about some of your favorite mm-hmm. movies many of them do not pass this test and it's a shocking number of them right that do not pass it so does this movie let's start with the first one does this movie have two more than one female character with a name it yes. has three i believe yeah well, there's charlotte there's jc and does elizabeth, elizabeth count or somebody named robin oh there are nannies who have names okay i'm interested to see if victoria jackson's character had a name yeah her name was eve okay so we've got several, more than one character with a, with a name. And I do remember Victoria Jackson introducing herself okay. with a name. Do they speak to each other? Yes. Yes, they I do. Think they definitely, mm-hmm. We definitely have female characters speaking to each other. Do they talk about something other than a man? Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but only because they talk to Charlotte about work. Mm-hmm. And she talks to the nannies about babies. Yeah, I think it's mostly talking about babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but see it's too bad they didn't give that mayor character a name because she does talk about her business right to the mayor um but yeah i think mostly with mary gross's character it's her like barking orders at her Mm -hmm. where she's like i need this and that and do we cancel that lunch or um and then there are adoption agency people and other people that she talks to about the baby but I i don't believe they have names uh, I think the the woman at the adoption agency okay. does have a name, but I would not characterize the conversation she has with other women as being terribly substantive. No, no. 
it I think it barely passes. So yes, it passes, yeah, it passes. but I don't think that they're I would think it's I don't think it's a stretch to say that she's really the only developed female character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the rest I don't of them even are think very much side characters. I don't even think that she's a very developed character as yeah. well as developed characters. Well, as developed, but... I think, as anybody gets in this movie. Yeah, I don't true. Think, I think oh. she has more layers than anybody, certainly. Yeah. yeah. But they're, none of the other women, most of them are just kind of bit mm-hmm. roles. All right, so let's move on to our next segment, a segment we like to call Nervous, Nervous Breakdowns. Okay, in Nervous Breakdowns, this is when we read um, some of the most horrifying and upsetting acting casting breakdowns um, that we have seen or have been sent to us. If you out there in the podcast world have a horrifying casting breakdown that you would like us to read on the show, please send it to femininemistakepodcast at gmail.com. Sarah? This first one is from an- Another Dog Day of Summer. The character's name is Emma. She's a co-star, female, ages 19 to 30. Any ethnicity. Emma is Stephanie's best friend who is trying to prevent her from doing anything crazy. She's a typical nerdy type. For this role, we are looking for a girl with a pretty big butt. This is a character trait of hers that makes her stand out. It's a special one. That is that is a, that is a special role that I'm sure any woman would love to have. I'm glad somebody's out there telling that story. Mm -hmm. Telling the story about the nerdy girl with the big butt and no other personality traits. Yeah. So I have another one from another dog day of summer. This is Stephanie. She's a lead female, 18 to 33. The attractive female of a small town north of Atlanta. She's a girl that's currently down on her look and looking for a change. Looking for a girl with large breast and long hair or willing to wear wig. I love how like for a second there it almost seems like a human person it's like somebody who's down on their luck and looking for a change and big boobs she has giant titties yes just in case you thought she was a human doesn't that one say with large breast singular yeah it does that's what concerns me so maybe one large breast just one so for all those lopsided girls this is your big break or maybe just one single breast for all those Uni breasts uh, out there. Yeah. Have you had a mastectomy? We found the role for you. So we're going to move on to our last segment um, called Plug It Up. Okay. Plug It Up is a segment where we kind of talk about just briefly um, what we are up to or what the guests are up to. We don't have a guest this week, but uh, Hillary, um, you got anything you would like to plug this week? Yeah, I would. Um, Well, my sketch Honest Makeup blog premieres at a festival called Ladylike Variety Show here in Atlanta at the very tail end of this month, but then it will be going up on YouTube on our channel Critical Crop Top. So I think it'll actually have already premiered by the time we put the podcast up. It will. It will be in February available online, however. Mm -hmm. That's true. um, On Critical Crop Top, the new YouTube channel that we have started for for lots of sketch and funny short videos. Exactly. Critical Crop Top on YouTube. Look it up. My you can always catch my show, PYT's web show, either on Critical Crop Top or on our YouTube channel, PYT's web show. Which is very funny. Very funny show. Thanks, thanks. 
Um, and then also I'm starting rehearsals for a play here at Pinch and Ouch Theater. It's called Gideon's Knot. It's um, about a parent-teacher conference, and I get to work with two powerhouse actresses, and I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, that will uh, open on March 3rd and run through the end of the month, but we start rehearsals in February. Yeah, so that will be out uh, a month after this podcast airs. Um, yes. Pinch and Ash Theater in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and Gideon's Not, a fantastic play with two yes. great female characters in it. Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, I am assistant directing and stage managing Gideon's Not under Hitler's direction. And um, my short film, High Grandma, will be um, premiering on our Critical Crop Top YouTube channel. So check that out when it goes up. Yeah, um, lots of good stuff on Critical Crop Top. I'm going to have new videos popping up throughout the year. We're going to be putting up some things that we've premiered in the recent past. Um, so come by and check it out. Um, I would also like to plug my web series, The Motherload. Um, so that's The Motherload web series, um, a trailer for which you can find on Critical Crop Top. The show is on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. Um, you can find us at uh, Motherload Series. Com. And I would also like to plug something else we're all working on, the Film for a Better Future Film Festival, which will be in May. Um, so that is a ways away, but we are accepting submissions right now. If you've got a film with a message, um, please submit your film, even if you're like, oh, I don't know what my message is. Like, you know, you miss it. You're, you probably do have, most people have something that they're trying to say. So, you know, if you feel like you've got a story that you want to tell, please submit to this festival. It's going to be really exciting. Look for us on Without a Box um, or Film Freeway. There's also a, a, a youth category right. in the f- festival, so grades uh, K through 12. Yeah, so yeah. great opportunity for any of those young filmmakers to get their story out there. And you can find the requirements for the youth category on our website. It's filmforfuture.com. Yes, so please check that out. All right, so um, I think that wraps it up for our first episode of the Feminine Mistake podcast. So uh, thank you for joining us. Um, Please come back and see us again next, or so not see us, because this is a podcast. That's ridiculous. Um, Come back and listen again uh, next month. Right now, the podcast is going to be monthly. We're going to see, uh, you know, how that goes. If we feel like we can, you know, release these more often, then maybe we will. But right now, this is going to be a monthly podcast. So come check us out and uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, where you can find out um, what we will be watching next time. If you want to watch the movie in advance of the podcast, Um, we will be releasing that information prior to the podcast. So thanks for joining us and have a great month. Bye. Peace out.